Hello, ghosty. Thank you for joining and welcome. This is your home for all things paranormal, the unexplained, terrifying, and more. Ghost stories and only scary stories from you. You are currently listening to episode 5.0. Episodes .0 are our alone in the woods versions. They are not for the faint of heart and highly story-based. Episodes point two are our together in a cabin version. These episodes are more comedic and have commentary along with your stories. Listen to both or listen to one. But I'm your host, Sarah, and we're starting now. Mr. This story was written by K.N. Londrum 22 on Reddit and it's titled Mr. Red Eyes Continued. And if you haven't heard our previous story about Mr. Red Eyes, you may want to go back and listen. Mr. Red Eyes Continued. Okay, I'm around 13 to 15 years old at this time. I was staying in my grandparents' house for a couple of weekends. This is when things got a little weirder due to I wasn't just seeing him at night now. The first couple of nights, he would just kind of stare from the bedroom door, telling anybody it was not an option. I was afraid I'd sound crazy, but this went on persistently. It was almost like I could hear the silence or what came from the silence fear was companioned by this time. The following weekend while staying with my grandparents is when I really thought I was losing it. I would be in the room or in the living room while my grandparents were outside. I like to say at this point I live in southern U.S. and my grandparents weren't crappy people. It was just common practice. They would work outside and kids would play inside. So I was playing and watching TV during the day the red-eyed man would peek around corners. This would even go as far as he. This story was submitted by Miok Bro on Reddit. It's titled Muddy Boots. Although a short story, still a creepy one in my opinion. Sometimes, when me and my siblings would get sick, we would sleep on the couch. Honestly, I couldn't really tell you why. Maybe we just wanted to watch TV or something. But one night, me and my brother were sleeping on the couch. My head was laying on the armrest, and at the end of the couch was facing the archway that leads into the kitchen where the sliding door is. The back door is connected to the other side of the kitchen that I could not see. We live on 20 acres kind of in the middle of nowhere, which makes the story a bit weirder. I couldn't really seem to sleep that night. We had a cable box under the TV that showed the time in glowing numbers. As I stared at the time right awake, 
wishing I could just fall asleep. The time is around 2.50 a.m. I close my eyes and I'm not sure how much time passes, but I am awoken by the sound of the back door closing. A bit startled, I didn't think much at first, but only seconds later I hear the sound of heavy boots walking through the kitchen. I stare into the kitchen in fear, waiting to see what I thought was an intruder walk past, but no one ever walked by. I stared and stared, just waiting to see someone in our home, but to no prevail. Now you may say this was a hallucination or a dream, but my brother heard the whole thing too. Later the next day, I asked all of my family members if they were awake around that time, and all of them said no. But the scariest part of the whole story is I heard whatever it was come inside through the back door, but I never heard it leave. Whatever came in that night and walked through our kitchen never left. This story was submitted by capital underscore exam on Reddit and is titled playing Ouija by myself. Hear me out. I know there are many different rules to the Ouija board, but they are all set on different beliefs. I've had dreams of those who have passed on before me who I have never met. My great-grandmother, great-grandfather, and my boyfriend's grandmother. We believe that my great-grandparents are in the house due to a variety of reasons. When I played Ouija before with others, they have spoken to us. I've not played Ouija in the last two years. Last night, I had a feeling that I needed to play. My dreams have been increasing with those beyond, and I had a feeling they needed to tell me something. I do not describe myself as a psychic, medium, clairvoyant, etc. I am just a girl who is very spiritual. I tell everyone that I do not come into spirits. Spirits come to me. Last night, I break out the board. I had a feeling this was overdue, and they needed to tell me something. Is that my intentions have a positive experience and an open mind. I say, hi, Ouija says it back. I ask if they are a relative. They say yes. The name of that of my great-grandmother. She does not have a lot to say. I ask if anyone else is here. My great-grandfather comes through. I ask if he needs me to say anything to my grandfather. He gives me the number two. I asked how many dreams I had of him, and he answers correctly. One. He also gave me one and two at the end of the session. I then ask if someone else is there. It is my boyfriend's grandmother. I ask how many dreams she has been in, and it was answered correctly. Three. I ask her why she comes to me, and she spelled perfect for his name. Okay. I ask if she has a message for her grandchildren. She spells out OTW three times. One for each grandchild. I ask if she will be more of my dreams. And it's spelled out, obviously. She did not have anything to say after this. I asked the board if this was overdue. They said yes. 
I asked if anything else needed to be said. It said, no. I told the board, thank you. And it said, thank you back. I then said, goodbye. Today I was thinking about the number 2112. I looked it up and it showed angel numbers. This number is very specific to my situation currently. My boyfriend, my life, my future, career. I'm definitely a little shocked to say the least. I've never heard of this angel number before until the board gave it to me. I also could not confirm until I asked my grandparents, but I believe they also lived at an address as 2112. This story was written by Teen Melon Lolly School, LOL, on Reddit. It's titled Sussy Among Us. I am here to tell my story about living in a haunted condo. So here's my story. So I am a nine-year-old male living with my parents as well as my brother, 13-year-old male. Yes, I have authorization to send this email. So I was just wandering around my condo like a stupid man I am. And I was just stopping at random hallways. So I turn a corner and go to my brother's door and stop there. Then turn like sonic speed, but on steroids. Anyways, I turn my body backwards, and then I see a floating shadow man. I had the slowest reaction time ever, so I did not see it for a couple seconds. And then I saw this thing for like seven seconds only, and I realized once it was there, it was gone. Literally. I have not mentioned this to anybody but my friend Alec. Anyways, that's all. So this tale was submitted by Puts Pop on Reddit. It's titled The Muddy Banks of Blood Creek. Blood Creek is the nickname the locals gave to Kilmore Creek. The creek earned the moniker when pollution from the Nolan Metals Corporation aluminum plant turned the water red. The factory was shut down due to excessive EPA violations. Since then, the watershed after rainfall from the plant ground still temporarily turns the creek waters red. Eric and Kevin have been best friends since high school. Eric is married while Kevin is divorced. Both have kids and they live in the same town. For over 15 years, they've gone on a hunting and fishing trip, just the two of them. They usually camp near Blood Creek. Eric has been more successful in life than Kevin. That success came at the cost of a strained marriage. Kevin has been a good friend during the rough times. The guys made camp at a clearing downstream from the old aluminum plant. They went down to the muddy banks of Blood Creek for fishing. They had a particular fishing hole that they liked to go to. With a cooler full of beer and fishing rods in hand, the men settled in for some fishing. Eric took the chance to vent to Kevin about his marriage struggles. Kevin sympathized as he had already been through it. Kevin excused himself for a minute to go pee. He stood behind the tall weeds a moment, considering what he was about to do. He walked back to the fishing spot quietly. Kevin pulled out his hunting knife, then thought better of it. <laughs> 
He put the knife back into its sheath and picked up a large rock instead. Kevin creeped up behind Eric and bashed him in the head with the rock. Eric's body slumped forward and splashed face first into Blood Creek. His head and shoulders bobbed in the water while the rest of his body remained on land. Blood flowed into the creek from Eric's crushed head. Kevin sat down and muttered, Sorry, buddy. After two more beers and a half hour later, Kevin rolled Eric's body into the creek. The body looked like a grotesque boy until it sank into the water. Kevin stood and watched it go under. The story would be he saw Eric slip on the muddy banks, hit his head, and rolled into the stream. Kevin was out of reach to help. Unexpectedly, it started raining. Kevin went back to camp and decided to wait it out rather than risk getting his vehicle stuck in the mud. He would make a couple of emergency phone calls, which he knew wouldn't go through due to the remote location. This was all part of the plan between Sarah, Eric's wife, and him. They had been seeing each other for the last year. Their love, plus the added bonus of Eric's life insurance payout, was incentive to do this. Sarah helped him plan it. He opened a folder on his phone and scrolled through nude photos that Sarah sent him. He considered having a little fun. Just then a voice whispered in his ear, let's go fishing instead. Kevin was startled and looked around. It must have been his nerves. He was a bit rattled. The voice whispered again, why is Bloody Creek red? Kevin jumped up and demanded to know who that was to an empty tin. He shook his head and lectured himself to pull it together. After a moment of silence, he scrolled through a couple more photos. The whisper asked, Does she like it when you pull her hair? Kevin jumped back and pulled out his knife. He panicked and tried to run out of the tent, but something tripped him. Kevin landed on his knife, which stabbed him through the throat. His head and shoulders protruded the tent and lay outside in the rain. He gurgled and spit up blood before dying. Sarah became worried when Kevin was passed due on returning. She called and reported both men missing to the forest service of the area. Rangers found Kevin dead at the campsite with a knife stuck in his neck. It appeared that he fell on it. His phone was recovered too, but the authorities never found the nude photos. Something had deleted them. Eric was missing but presumed dead when his gear was found on the muddy blanks of Blood Creek. Eventually, Sarah decided to visit the campsite for some closure. Her lover and her husband had died there. She wasn't sure what went wrong. Kevin was supposed to kill Eric and dump him into the creek. She knelt down at the muddy banks of the creek where the rangers found the fishing gear and breathed a sigh. Something hard and heavy smacked her in the back of the head. Sarah was dazed and bleeding as she was pushed into the stream. She recognized a whisper in her ear and said, Goodbye, Sarah. She stayed above water only a moment before losing consciousness and drowning. Her body was found several days later downstream of Blood Creek.
so this one is written by <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Maybe it's a cool way of saying Kool-Aid, like drink. Maybe it's not. Kool-Aid. On Reddit. It's titled Haunted or Cursed Pictures. Or perhaps I'm just a numb nut. Either case, true story. <laughs> I've never heard that. A numb nut. Yeah, numb nut. Warning, I did not proofread this thoroughly. Hopefully it doesn't read like I wrote it drunk. I was not <laughs> drunk for the record. <laughs> okay. 20 odd years ago began a period of my life I'd probably do well to forget, though we'll never have the luxury. Long story short, I was an obstinate non-believer in any and all things paranormal and or metaphysical. Through a mutual interest of missed friends or abandoned places and a girlfriend at that time, I eventually found myself, while well, still a non-believer, intrigued enough to spend quite a bit of time researching some of the peculiar abandoned and haunted locals of northeastern Pennsylvania. Hey. Yeah, I've never been to Pennsylvania, but sure they got haunts. <laughs> As time progressed, more than enough first and second hand experiences converted me to skeptic at the very least. And finally, although I am getting ahead of myself, I was left with no choice in life but to say, I don't, can't, and won't ever be capable of comprehending the way of some things. There exists that which is beyond my comprehension as the human I am, all due to the experiences of a place I will refer to as the lodge and all that surrounded the whole kit in caboodle. Now, this sounds good. <laughs> yeah, this one does. Okay, what does kid and caboodle mean? Kid and caboodle is basically saying all of something. Like, if you have a, oh. say you have a garage full of tools. Oh, it's your kid and caboodle. I got caboodle. the kid and caboodle tools or oh. some, something similar like that. It's kind of odd to put it in the same. See, I've never like, heard it like they in have a same. Cat, cat food brand named Kit and Caboodle, too. But it's just an old saying. It's not very often used anymore. You're right. It is a cat food van. Yeah. Because I I think I bought it for the cats for a while when we moved to Melbourne. Oh, my goodness. The kit and caboodle. <laughs> That's it's cute. Kit and caboodle the, food brand. The kit and like caboodle. stuff. Yeah. I've never heard it in a thing, though, huh? That's interesting. The place itself had a rather bizarre reputation filled with as much nonsensical allure as it had legitimately strange history stories dug up from locals who are old enough to remember said the ancient building was a poor farm that was eventually converted to a bed and breakfast supposedly it was rumored to be used as means of housing and shuttling slaves participating in the underground railroad system although i could not verify this it was even peculiar confirmed to have been accessible Oh, wait, no, I missed the sentence, huh? Mm -hmm. It was even peculiar in a structural sense with a su subterranean second basement. Many people confirmed to have been accessible, but eventually was sealed off, or at the very least, unable to be located, as strange as that may sound. So in regards to the Underground Railroad. Mm -hmm. It was also the site for occult practices that seemingly involved satanism and animal mm -hmm. sacrifice. So the place had all the trappings of a spa with at least some likelihood of capturing something worth my time on film. Sadly, the location no longer exists, having suffered two major fires before demolition. 
I, however, took 100s, if not thousands of pictures with a variety of cameras. This was a bit before cell phones were supporting the tech for any decent photography. If memory serves, it was within a year or two or even owning my first cell phone. So I treasured my collection of pictures as time went on, as I never really had photos of friends, family, myself, or people. Furthermore, I thought it really special I had so many photos of places that didn't exist any longer. I was fortunate enough to have investigated three different prominent places before they were no longer on the map in a manner of speaking. Of all those photos, however, it was the pictures from the lodge that really stood out. Orbs were a dime a dozen in the aforementioned shots. A light trail of uncanny length, prismatic camera malfunctions I've never been able to get an explanation of. Perhaps the most intriguing for me immediately upon capturing them was photographs of rooms I'd taken that I'd never been able to find again after dozens upon dozens of revisits and photo shoots. Also noteworthy were these red dots or spots that would appear only in pictures from the lodge, a photo anomaly that was quite common, but I'd never seen anywhere else even off the same rolls of film. The pics were just a hot topic amongst my acquaintances and I, but something I really thought was once in a lifetime sort of special. That was until after the place burned down. Those pictures seemed special in totally different ways as time passed on. I'm going to be rude to myself to interject briefly on cursed objects. To be blunt, I don't think very many phenomena have as much evidence to substantiate the claim as the matter on deck. To be blunt, I don't think very many phenomena have as much evidence to substantiate the claim as matter on deck. One need not dive down the Google rabbit hole too deeply on the subject to discover an absolute robust volume of historical lore and personal antidote. I'm not pretending to be an expert on the matter, but the prominence of relics such as the Hope Diamond have even fostered the attention of professionals in many fields of sciences, and yet all we claim to know is that the likelihood of all the terrible that surrounds certain objects of our world is too unlikely to be reasonable. I'm also definitely not prepared to know or phenomenon suggests that perhaps there are laws of physics and energy we just don't get. I so go as far to say energy may not even be an accurate word here as I'd venture to guess we are probably lacking the power, proper language for whatever it is I'm getting at. The ultimate point of this interjection, from dolls, Annabelle, to paintings, the crying boy, to jewelry, the hope diamond, to statues, the limb statue, nasty, just so happens to seem to surround particular things. The first odd instance involving my pictures actually occurred before the place burned down and I consequently stopped going, having only the photos as the remaining evidence of this special brand of spooky. I was playing in a band and the guitarist had a woman who practiced palmistry and claimed clairvoyance saying on the other side of the building he and his cohorts at the time had. I was really freaking out over these pictures and when I showed him he suggested I took them to the woman. Thus it was on, the bandmates and I went for a visit and things seemed fine. The gal was quite hospitable, talked normally for a bit, and then went on to do palm readings for us. When she got to me, I recalled I felt pretty chilled out if not absent-minded until she ceased to do the readings and said, You have some pictures to show me, and I think we should look at those before continuing. Oh, that's spooky. <laughs> well, snap. Seeming now ill at ease, we had announced I'd be coming with pictures, so it didn't initially seem too weird aside from her interrupting her own reading. 
Upon looking through the picture, she seemed at first intrigued, eventually arriving at some she claimed contained particular human spirits, and then finally one in particular which contained a cluster of red dots. Almost immediately upon seeing that picture, her eyes began to water, and she said there was a dangerous and oppressive force she was unfamiliar with in the photo. Given night, but needed to speak with me again further and privately, but to not ever go back to or mess with anything involving the lodge. I agreed, and we all left pretty creeped out. The very next day, the guitarist called me to say the woman and her family packed up and moved out. <laughs> no joke. Oh my gosh. Okay. Packed up and moved out. Where They weren't living in the lodge, though. I don't think they were just living in like the town or something. Okay. I want to move on to present. I want to move on to present day. So I'm going to fast forward a bit here and just say in the years that followed, Horrible things befell every single individual involved with that place or whom had given the pictures the time of day after it had burned down. When I say horrible things befall, I'm talking people disappearing, people dying, people going to jail with no common denominator. Other than the subject matter I've been discussing, it would actually be a whole different story entirely to explore that whole saga. I myself went from being a pretty dedicated health nut and martial arts practicer to a full-blown drug-addled junkie, and eventually was facing up to 23 years in jail myself. Suffice it to say, at the point, my paranormal investigation career ceased and the pictures got put away. So years passed. I eventually got my life straightened out and managed a fair amount of success as a tattoo artist. That time in my life never fully left me always maintained an interest in the spooking side of life, but the pictures and investigating had fallen into the background. I eventually got what I would have called my dream home of sorts as it was a quaint, perfect little place for one dude. <laughs> okay, I guess that is a dream home. The perfect quaint place for one dude. One dude. <laughs> yeah, one dude. Around where I grew up, smack dab in the middle of where I always romanced living when I was a kid. In the move, I rediscovered the pictures I'd put away and was cognizant of them when I unpacked. As some of it sounds, I thought nothing of flipping through them and separating the exceptionally weird pics from the rest, so it's not to lose them. I am still a skeptic at heart, I guess, and for the majority of my life, I probably over-rationalized a large amount of what I'm sharing it for no other reason than to cope. After getting my word in order and getting sober, I developed a close kinship with another artist and musician. He and I got sober together, and eventually I told him all these tales, and of course he wanted to see the pictures. I obliged, and alone thereafter, having rediscovered the pictures and shown my compadre, my furnace exploded. The foundation of the house got all messed up when they were doing work on the sewer system, oh, and electrical fire started in the wall, toasting half my house belongings into my dismay, my pictures, and all my personal pictures and keepsakes as well. The solid stack of the particularly noteworthy photographs were safely outside the vicinity of all that got crispy. Probably over-rationalized large amount of what I'm sharing if for no other reason than the cut. So the, I think the whole premise was like he would take pictures the of pictures buildings. Awesome. Yeah. But the orbs. Okay, so after getting my world in order and getting sober, I developed a close kinship with another artist and musician. He and I got sober together and eventually I told him all these tales and of course he wanted to see the pictures. I obliged. Not long thereafter, having rediscovered the pictures and shown my compadre, 
my furnace exploded. The foundation of the house got, uh, where was I? Got all messed up when they were doing work on the sewer system. An electrical fire started in the wall to sink half my house. Belongings and to my dismay, my pictures and all my personal pictures and keepsakes as well. The solid stack of the particularly noteworthy photographs were safely outside the vicinity of all that got crispy. But whether or not I would go on to call that a fortunate thing remains to be seen. Uh, as for my friend from that time, he went back to drugs and crime after we'd spent years together working on our careers. He never provided me any reason. An abandoned career and friendship alongside a seemingly overnight abrupt change in his disposition. I cannot say much more about it as we parted ways in life at that juncture. Again, the remaining pictures were packed up for yet another move. This time one need fast forward a number of more years as I did un as I didn't unearth them again until about a year ago. And all this time that had passed and everything I've revealed up to this point, I am sure I am Oh, gosh. I am unsure whether or not the pictures had anything to do with, well, anything. They simply could have coincided with a bunch of bad decisions and circumstances. Mm. This entire account lends to more than one possibility here, and one of those is that I simply am suggesting connecting the dots that aren't even on the same page. It is now only as I continue the chronology of this account to present day and witness the sub... I don't know that word sublimities rather than the larger impacting recollections that i at the very least believe that even if those thoughts don't connect there are in fact on the same page or close enough to exhibit some influence at the time of this writing i rediscovered the pictures about a year ago and for the first time since the fire at the previously mentioned residence i again am for what i believe to be a final time now feeling a truly hardened skeptic an affirmed atheist agnostic proclaimed my own Wowie, sure, it was stupid of me to have ever considered these to be cursed or some such thing. I recall feeling embarrassed. I was anxious to ever show them or handed them as they were extremely interesting and perplexing pictures of the most riveting time of my life. Even if that time was mostly horrific and a place that no one can even see or visit anymore. I was tattooing some fantastic folks who'd become close friends over time, who were extremely interested and involved in all things spooky, including self-proclaimed mediumship. So I told them about the pictures, which spurred talks of some different projects I'd have to work on with them. The actual topic of pictures got put on the back burner as we decided to try our hand at diving into the aforementioned projects in the weeks that followed until I recalled and sent them the images the next time I saw them. They spoke at the length about how it was abundantly clear to them the energy contained in these photos was terrifying. One of them couldn't look at them whatsoever after even a glance, while the other claimed to literally need to cleanse the phone after deleting them. Don't even begin to ask me what cleansing one's phone means and malvolent voices involves. I did preface this story by saying much of this is beyond my comprehension. What was more alarming than at all that at least to me as I take claims with a grain of salt, even if this one rattled me, was the way tempers began to flare and the visits that immediately followed. I clearly had some moments of aggravating one of these individuals to a point that some unnerving reactions totally unbeknownst to me. I'd known them for years and can't say I'd ever known them to get outright mad. 
the way I seem to unwittingly antagonize. The whole moment in time and space, as well as the projects, were short-lived and really went down in flames after I suddenly developed one of the worst bouts of illness in my life. It felt like I nearly had food poisoning for a week. That was followed by such an extraordinary inflammation of my colon, I needed a hospital stay. After getting out of the hospital or resuming work, I was finishing a tattoo session at the end of a long day. Both my client and his wife were standing on the same side of a wide open room that I was. While across the other side of the room, there was a standing pole lamp with a camera mount hung over it so I could record my sessions when I wished. I can't recall what we were looking at, but all three of us were quiet as we googled whatever it was we were discussing when suddenly we all heard a loud thud and looked up only to discover the camera mount had fallen down a good foot or two in front of the lamp. Where it was landed was relevant because it had literally impossible geometry, no matter how I sliced it, as the mount hung from the lamp by a strap wrapping around the pole body of it. Meaning that strap, which was so perfectly secure, had to have somehow hopped up and over the top of the lamp. Had it loosened or fallen straight down in any fashion, the strap would have still been at least around the lamp, which it most certainly was not, but again, was still secure. Absolutely impossible physics to not merely my simple monkey brain, but the two cohorts in tow as well. There was, This was exciting to me as well. I didn't immediately think the ghosts or pictures or spirits. I just knew it was one of those rare instances in life one just can't explain, and I was lucky enough to experience it with other witnesses present. This is only with six minutes of talking shit. <laughs> okay. Still entirely skeptical of any connection between these pictures and stuff going on wacky do i pulled them out once more to show them yet one more individual just as skeptical as i he'd become curious after i told him part of some of the weird that surrounded the lodge in my days of researching such locals my girlfriend was present and thankfully wise enough to say i'm not looking at those and left the room a decision i am now grateful for Immediately following that, nothing seemed to go too wrong with the exception of some major electronic malfunctions that inhibited both my ability to work as my primary graphic powerhouse machine suddenly started experiencing bizarre shorts, killing the components and randomly shutting off the fans till it would overheat. But I mean, computer parts crap out all the time. This was just extremely poorly timed. What doesn't happen all the time is the following. Cleaning supplies randomly flying off shelves in a bathroom no one is in. The IR sensor in my television stops working only to start again. As my PlayStation turns on, my computer turns off twice in a row. Separately, as though each time someone was waiting by the computer to hit the button as soon as I did, my girlfriend discovering the door to the basement unlocked and wide open. A door that is always locked. Inside our home, well, all the outside doors remained unlocked and no one in proximity to have messed with the door aside from her and I more than once. Food that was in the fridge being automatically discovered all over the floor instead of in addition to a beer can that somehow emptied of half its contents to clean up without a single opening, puncture, dent, or otherwise. I've kept the half cap I've kept the half full can for months and had everyone who's looked examined and tried to figure it out. A few theories that failed when tested, still no clue. Witnessing lights turn off on cameras only to turn back on when I get up and go to examine why. A tattoo machine, a $600 tattoo machine, mind you, disappears. 
I've never lost a machine. After scouring every inch of the premises and even other places thinking I could have maybe took it elsewhere in the studio, I am convinced it was stolen. During this search, I poured out the garbage multiple times, once right in front of my girlfriend and another gentleman. After hours of this, I finally checked the garbage distraught and quite upset, and then seen that I was done and the search was senseless, only to discover it was there, plain as day, on the top of the garbage. I'm so grateful to this day I poured out the garbage in front of everyone two times before that. A cleaning bottle flying off the countertop in a room right behind where my girlfriend and I were sitting watching a movie. Time nearly perfect for a brief climax point in the movie when the music picks up to create a rise in tension. The timing of a great deal of things is what in fact made of them hard to swallow is common coincidence. Numerous things disappearing only to reappear either exactly where I think they should be or in obscenely obvious places happens with some aggravating frequency. This seems to only happen to my things, not my girlfriend's, which leads me to believe my brain is probably seen better days and I'm misplacing a number of things to be fair. But to be equally fair, I've never had things disappear and reappear like this before. A fine example of a true antidote. Oh, buy a pack of cigarettes, smoke one, put them down, go back to smoke another, and they are gone. Start a search in the vicinity that goes on until I'm livid for an hour and decide I should just get dressed again and go to the store all over again. I take my sleeping clothes, I put them aside, get dressed, turn around, and my cigarettes are now sitting right on the pajamas I literally just took off and turned my back on for no more than 60 seconds. A helium balloon tied to weight in the shape of a dinosaur I had as part of a surprise set up for my girlfriend was on a stool. Not having moved for a whole day since I placed it on that stool. I go to bed after going to the kitchen. She reports going to the kitchen after me. Now, but 30 minutes later, after she was surely the last in the kitchen, right after I'd been, the balloon appears still tied to the weight directly in the walkway to the kitchen. As in no walk to in or out without walking right into it. This is at least a few feet from the stool, which was actually in the room my girlfriend was watching TV in. Meaning this balloon literally moved practically while right beside just a few feet from my girlfriend as she lay on the couch. Quite possibly the strangest and hardest for me to put into words was the experience of some sort of visual anomaly at the same time time my girlfriend saw something different in the exact same space and place she had seen what she described as a light move we have a projector that cast stationary stars on the wall and ceiling she described it as though one of the stars was pronounced and moving but too bright to be from the projector alarmed to the point that her eyes began to water i looked to see what she's looking at and i see what seems to be either my vision getting dark or the room becoming dark and all of a sudden, my stomach turns, and I can no longer look directly toward it momentarily. It felt almost like seeing something startling in a movie or suddenly grotesque and automatically shutting my eyes and turning my head away in an involuntary way as my stomach hurt. For the record, I have bad eyes, used vision correction, contacts, lenses, but I've never had any acute visual hiccup or saw anything that wasn't there my entire life. And to be frank, this has been abbreviated and incompletely run down. I'm not even sure where to go from here or what I'm suggesting. To be honest, I don't have a strong developed stance on all of this. I'm simply trying to report something as objectively as I can here. And that something is, no matter how strong one's resolve not to be affected or skeptic or whatever. And I do believe that position is still be a healthy and strong one to take. I must contend it does not resolve an individual from the fact that things in this world don't make sense. And at points, the experience we unravel in spite of our own beliefs reflects one thing. We just don't get it.
And a final unfortunate and grim note to me over, an update on the artist friend I mentioned who abandoned the career path we were pursuing together. At the time of this writing, he is now dead over a year. It wasn't completely shocking at first knowing what I knew of this chemical dependency. However, his passing, his brother told me there were some really peculiar things about him leading up to his death. The most alarming of which to me was an account of his back having gotten scratched all jacked up in the middle of the night and him having woken up in the house claiming a demon was trying to kill him and he didn't believe the demon was real such thought it was just a dream until it lifted him up off his bed and threw him against the wall hard enough to physically cause harm to him as a person uh, i've said enough to absolve myself of need for much in closing i hope this account merely conveys an objective course of events that suggests there may in fact be real danger in playing with things we don't understand, even if we couldn't be paid enough money to believe in them. However, my objective in my crafting of this brief writing, I've collected some unique subjective fringe theories as to the possibilities, and since I can't claim to know, and some of those theories place people in parallel by seeing the pictures and myself merely by handling them, I must respectfully decline showing them at the present time of this writing. As the facts that are contained here and are suitable enough to give me at least the notion there isn't a necessary risk involved. And the facts I've left out detailing the truly terrifying experiences I had over the course of the years I frequented and researched the lodge leaves me certain that it is, is risk and that need be handled as cautiously as one possibly could if ever even at all. Now with all that out of the way, I'd like to add an epilogue piece to all this. Finally, something I'm not concerned with being accurate or objective whatsoever. And that is the various theories that have been tripped over or presented to me in respect to this whole enchilada. <laughs> the energy that existed at this lodge has somehow been retained in the pictures and acts as a conduit or necessary component in the presentation of a portal gateway that provides ample opportunity for things to get spooky. The energy that existed at the lodge has somehow been retained in the pictures and acts as a beacon of source to attract the wackiness. This is not a fact of anything at all to do with the lodge, but my fears of conscious belief in it all itself is what manifests in currents such as items moving, poltergeist-like activity, in other words, exposure to the occult and paranormal somehow predisposes us more so to throwing around our very own brand of people energy. Was easily mistaking it for spirits spirits possibly vicious friendly or both from the lodge itself have followed me the present tense activity have nothing to do with the lodge or the pictures but i've now been in fact dealing with a fairy spelling entirely unrelated from my exploring such as abandoned locations from way back when absolutely nothing at all paranormal metaphysical is or has happened and i'm just poor witness to a series of retarded and at times terrible coincidences that defy a typical odds the pictures retained a negative mojo from the location that exactly regular everyday bad juju curse. Because I recklessly pursued the paranormal with wild abandon in my youth, I screwed up as was followed by something from somewhere else. And again, I'm merely mistaken the connection to the lodge. I've lost my marbles and I'm just one short of six pack, which may very well be the case concurrently with any of these other theories. And of course, the list goes on. If this somehow reaches the attention of anyone with insight questions or even cares to just contribute their own theory to add to the list, please do so by sending mail to, and you can contact me if you want 
this email. Hope you've enjoyed Ander Got Spooked by the Read. There has to be some point to all this, even if it was merely to share with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we just tried to save the file and it said that it couldn't and uh, needed to retry the upload. So I guess what's ever in your photo is more of an unspeakable curse. It's messing up the recording in here too. Yeah, I'm. I need to knock on wood. Where's the crystal? Oh, the crystal! <laughs> like, I'm nervous now. I'm nervous now. Like, oh. Yeah. So those photos are bad luck. There's definitely some sort of some sort of power that they hold, whether it be spiritual or unlucky or whatever. Yep. And thank you for not sending them to us because uh, I don't want to see them. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm a little bit interested. I wouldn't mind looking at them. 50-50 chance something could happen. We've already been hit by the unspeakable curse, so I don't know. But... I wonder if he's ever uploaded them to the internet or if he only has the picture by itself and just keeps it. Keeps it yeah. hidden away for that reason. Are the photos, I don't recall if it was mentioned, but are the photos digital or not? Because I believe they were, because he said it's before photographs and stuff, like yeah. on cameras. It could have been either on a camera or a printed like image. Like a print, because he was mentioning yeah. when there was like the house fire and things that... Um, yeah, they didn't yeah. get affected, so they're definitely yeah. a physical copy. Oh my goodness, okay. Well, you can see them. I don't want to see them. <laughs> I'm okay. It's already corrupting the recording, so I, I'm good. That's enough corruption yeah. for today. It was very interesting how they theorized about everything at the end. Like, he mm -hmm. hit it right on the nail about, like, the ten different possibilities that, you know, it could have been something attached to him. Yeah, he kind of explained what been... we would talk about. Yeah. Theories and that. Yeah, like, it could have been an could have been on the photo could have been attached to him could have been short of a six pack <laughs> it was interesting how after showing it somebody um they would have something happen within the next day or week like that yeah. one person moved away the day after or whatever seeing it yeah that was pretty interesting the um it did remind me of um like the conjuring movies, like the conduit where something is in the object and then as the object yeah. gets passed around, like it just, that's, yeah. So kind of makes sense. Like maybe other people were like when they were exposed to it, it would cause anger and personality shifts and all that. As for that one um, couple that he had tattooed that he became friends with, after seeing it, they became angry with him and stopped talking or whatever. But, you know, what I would think is, you know, what mm -hmm. caused them to act that way? Wouldn't they think of before seeing the picture or think of how they started feeling negative after seeing the picture? And they would realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm so sorry about your friend. But, like, that sounds really disturbing how 
they also, before they passed, they were experiencing the, like the, what did they say? The devil? The de- Not I, specifically, but yeah, bad omens. Yeah, bad omens. And that just, that doesn't sound right. So, okay. Well, in terms of how to dispose of the photos, if you want to dispose of the photos, I don't, you I don't wouldn't know. be able to. What if you burn them? They would come back. Oh my gosh. They, there, no. Next day they'd be in the same place they were probably. Oh my gosh. Something like that has a lot of energy in it. And he said it's either energy or something something with the photos themselves. Oh my god. Okay, so but, you need to go to the Warren's home and you yes. need to go and Lock like it up. Yeah, give them your photos for their museum of the conduits and get it out of your possession before it possesses you it was interesting people can instantly tell a negative energy about the photo mm-hmm. now that was pretty odd yeah. the medium scary. and saying like what well, it was the medium at first that said something about it right and yeah. then she was like you need to show me the photo and then it has a negative yeah though although you can you can tell from certain photos or things when there's negative energy like you'll just see it and you'll just be like now walk away yeah some people are like that they see something negative they can walk away yeah i don't really feel negativity towards pictures yeah that's just my experience i haven't had it happen yet so (laughs) yay (laughs) not yet (laughs) yay (sighs) okay If you like our theme song, it was created by the talented The Real Rorschach. Share your stories. You can email them to hellogostypodcast at gmail.com or post to our Reddit at r slash paranormal underscore hg podcast. We're also on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast where you can find updates and see more behind the scenes. Goodbye.